ashamed of the gospel. WIAM, The Way, 101.1. Current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars, and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Israel is running through mock scenarios should a war break out on its northern border with Lebanon and Syria. However, a story about our military training with Israel to deal with Iran is no simulation. Speaking of simulations, Facebook is trying to take virtual reality to the next level. Plus, we'll look at the next level of lunacy when it comes to the viability of a green passport. That's just some of what we'll discuss as we look at the signs of the times. It's our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday, November 5th, 2021. Along with Pastor Mark Kirk, I'm Greg Hilt, and we want to thank you for joining us on episode 190. Now, maybe you're listening for the first time, or listening live for the first time, Fridays here at 1.30, but you can't do that every week, and you want to know when you can listen to Signs of the Times on your time. Well, glad you asked. Just head to thewaymedia.net and click on Signs of the Times and learn all the ways you can subscribe to our podcast Or if you have the Way Media app already downloaded to your smartphone, you'll get a push notification when our next episode is available. And Pastor Mark, I don't know if you knew this or not, but I get feedback from people that say they listen to Signs of the Times is their date night. Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, Greg, maybe we need to be speak a little more. I mean, not you and I, but to them romantically. Let's let's maybe I, I mean, we have some candlelight. Yes. Well, articles. that's what I was maybe thinking. Have a little. Yeah. Maybe we could green screen like you know a, we could break a roaring to, fire. Yeah, break the articles a, up in appetizer and yes. then the main meal and then yes. you know some dessert and and some a little yes. coffee afterwards. And we can talk a little bit lower. <laughs> oh, no, that's no. Okay. I, no, no, right. I can't. That's okay. too far. All right, that's too far. All right, <laughs> all right. So I digress. <laughs> we'll get to the main topic, which is sinister schemes. Yeah. Uh, no listener questions this week, by the way, so if you've got a listen, uh, listener question, we invite you again, go back to thewaymedia.net or the app, and you'll see where you can fill out and send Pastor Mark that prophecy question. Well, and that just shows me, we, we have answered all questions. <laughs> all questions. Somehow I don't think that's true, but it's well, nice to think no, that and yeah, at least we were satisfied well, for the time being. Well, we couldn't do that anyway, but yes. anyway, so, but God is good for giving us answers. Yes. But anyway, yeah, you know, Greg, it's interesting, uh, looking at kind of a, a where God was leading this morning, and I'm just kind of watching what's happening, and this whole kind of theme of the sinister scheme has been something in my mind. You know, we're looking at Daniel uh, we, this last Sunday. Uh, we looked at Daniel and kind of we, we bounced out of Matthew and looked at Daniel chapter 2 and then 7, 8, and 12 and went into Revelation a little bit just to talk about some of the things that are going on um, and kind of to encourage the body and catch everybody up, I think, even prophetically and give an understanding to what's happening. Um, and, you know, I think it would be good to touch on a little bit of that Today, because what I've had in my heart is when the Antichrist comes on the scene and the spirit of the Antichrist begins, there's going to be some very, very intelligently evil schemes. And that is things to get the world and mankind, um, uh, to get them to do things, the world and mankind to do things that seem very logical, very wise, um, but underneath they're very sinister, um, very deceptive, very evil. And it's really part of his control as he moves in and takes over the world here, and I think very soon, in the days in which we live. And it's going to be something that happens quickly. We've talked about that. Uh, but I want to read you a little bit about this guy. It's interesting. There's certain codes you need to understand. When you read prophecy, and we have a lot of prophecy students that listen to this program, uh, God gives us a code book to understand prophecy. And if you don't know the code book, you're not going to understand a lot of prophecy. Again, even the parables, the Lord did that. When he gave the parable of the man scattering the seed, and some fell by the wayside, and the birds do this, and the disciples came and said, Lord, we don't understand. He said, look, if you don't understand this one, how will you understand any of the parables? And what we find is, is the Lord used 
what theologians like to speak of as a hermeneutical principle, that is how you interpret the Bible. Uh, it's called expositional constancy, and that is as you expose the Bible, God remains constant in the terminology, in the terms, in the code, in the form that he uses. He's a very orderly and organized God. And so the Lord began to tell them, you know, the birds represent this, the seed represents this, and, and, and without that code, you can't really break the understanding of all the parables. Well, he does the same thing in prophecy. And he gives us a code in prophecy, and I don't have time to go over all the codes and all the different things. I won't have time to cover what we're covering today, but suffice it to say, when you look at Daniel and Revelation, God uses the, um, the code very constant. Uh, for example, the ten heads representing the ten kingdoms that will rule the world in the last days. The ten crowns are the rulership of those kingdoms. The seven heads of the beast he uses for the seven leaders of those ten kingdoms. And you might be saying, why are there only seven leaders with ten kingdoms? Because when the Antichrist shows up, the Bible tells us he'll yank three of them down. So you'll still have the ten kingdoms in place, but only seven rulers at that time. And actually the Antichrist will make the eighth. So when you see seven heads, they see seven rulers over the ten kingdoms. And the ten heads are the ten kingdoms. Um, the individual beast, of course, the Antichrist. And then the other beast that comes out of the earth. It's interesting, the beast, the Antichrist, comes out of the Sea of Peoples. Spoken of as the sea, code word using sea of peoples. The, uh, the false prophet comes out of the earth, which there's a whole study. We don't have, you know, this whole study you can do in all these different things when you begin to try to, to, to break them down. But I wanted to give you that little bit of code. So as we headed into Daniel uh, 7 and 8, the code will make sense, especially when you read Revelation and talk about what this Antichrist is going to be doing. Because I see, look, the Antichrist may not be on the scene yet, but I, I suspect it, that he is. It's the spirit of Antichrist oh, yeah. that we're really oh, seeing. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt. Yeah. There's no doubt. The spirit of Antichrist, undisputed. The Antichrist himself may be actually, I believe he's alive. I think we're that close. And I believe he's behind the scenes working. We won't know him until he's, after the rapture, he'll be revealed. But again, uh, I, because he rises so quickly, Greg, among these world leaders and takes over, I think he's someone that is known to the world leaders. He's not known to the world. But I suspect he'll be known to the world leaders. And when I see some of the things that are happening right now, it is either a strong spirit of Antichrist wind blowing on the earth, getting us ready, which we know that is. And or in addition, very possibly the Antichrist may be planting seeds in world leaders heads behind the scenes. Maybe this is someone already connected in some of the, the secret meetings. Maybe he's a, an assistant to someone that's back there taking notes. He's throwing ideas out. I don't know, because the, the things that are happening are so sinister, and yet they're so wise to get the ultimate agenda done. What is the ultimate agenda? Get every resistance out of the way that's on the earth so the agenda of the Antichrist can move forward. Okay, That means you've got to remove Christians. That means you've got to remove anyone that would stand on a Christian slant, which would be, again, today we might call them in the political world, the, the conservative uh, side, if you will. And if you can remove, saved or unsaved, if you can remove anyone that is slowing down the world agenda coming together, then you're, you're doing a great thing. Now, when the, when the rapture takes place, we're all out of here. And, um, that, that is the believers. And that's going to be a huge benefit to the Antichrist because that big, you know, the troublemakers are out of the way. The, the, we're not voicing our opinion, et cetera. But you also have those that are unsaved, but they just have a very, very, um, I don't want to use the word conservative because people jump to politics, but they're very, very, they were brought up. In, they're very independent. They were brought up with Christian morals. Uh, in, they're very good with right and wrong, and they, they stand against evil and stand for good. So whatever category you want to give that, okay? And, and typically it falls, and when you look at the political realm, on the conservative side. Now, with that said, doesn't mean there aren't any that are on the other side that aren't that, but the majority, and my point is, the majority of them are in that place. So... The Antichrist, the goal is to get the majority, if not all, of the opposition out of the way. Now, it's interesting when you read here in Daniel chapter 7, uh, the vision here that we get about the Antichrist. This is what it says, and, and there's four kingdoms. The last kingdom is a kingdom of iron. It shows these two iron legs, and again, it represents the, the Roman Empire. We know that now, looking back historically. Uh, there was the eastern side of the Roman Empire, and there was a western side. So you had two legs to the image, showing the eastern and western side. There's also a, a double entendre, and that may be using the word wrong there, but a double meaning there, and that is, it also is the first Roman Empire and the revived Roman Empire. So there's double meanings going on with the legs, the legs of iron. Now Daniel, in his vision, as God is showing him what these last kingdoms are going to be like and what's going to be happening, he says in chapter 7, verse 7, After this I saw night visions, and behold, a fourth beast. Now remember, there, there's four parts of this uh, statue in Daniel chapter 2 that show the, the four remaining world kingdoms, and one being the revived Roman Empire, kind of a fifth, but still the fourth. 
but now in this vision, God displays them as, as animals, as beasts. So it's the same vision, but different display. And so this time he refers to them as beasts. But Daniel, looking at this, sees now the fourth kingdom, the, the Roman Empire, which will be the revived Roman Empire. And he and it says here, I saw the fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. Notice the ironness, even of the teeth, because it shows the iron legs in Daniel's vision, chapter 2. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. Notice it's destroying everything, not just iron, strength of iron, but destroying everything in its path. Um, he says it was breaking and trampling the residue. It was different from all the other beasts that were before it. And it had ten horns. Now, now we see the ten. Remember, you have the code. That's the ten world rulers, kingdoms or world rulers in the last days. I was considering the horns. Horns are a sign of strength in Scripture, like an animal's horn, if you will. And that, that of these kingdoms are represented as horns, the strength of the world in these ten regions. And there was another horn, a little one. In other words, one that wasn't yet known, one that wasn't yet exalted to position, but was ready to rise. If you will, a little horn in its infancy about to grow to maturity. And listen to what he says. This little horn was coming up from among the ten, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. So he comes up into power, and three of them are plucked out. And since he's the one in power, it's pretty clear he's going to be the one plucking them out. He's removing three of them. And now we're down to just, the, again, the seven heads and the ten horns, the seven rulers over these ten nations, as, uh, as the code goes. And there, in this horn, were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth-speaking pompous words. So over and over when you see this little horn, it is a, another type of the Antichrist, and he's always speaking arrogantly, pompous words. We'll see he speaks against God, against the church, against believers. He speaks about himself being the savior of the world. And again, I'll get to that in a moment. But recognize there's a consistency here to this. And that's why you have that you know, expositional constancy we talked about in these codes that reveal what God is saying in these prophecies. But recognize this is a guy that's unknown for the most part around the world. He seems small at the moment and rises quickly to the top, which is why it indicates to me he's already kind of known and connected to somehow. But it just rises up and takes over by the power of Satan. And so, um, again, keep that in mind, because this guy may be very well working behind the scenes, at like the G20 summits, the, the G7 summit, all these things. I watched till thrones were put in place, and then basically, I'm not going to read that for time's sake, the Lord took over. So it talks about he watched until Jesus came back in his kingdom, conquered this final revived Roman Empire, and took over. But now jump to verse 9 or verse 11, those that are following from home, or in, don't do it in your car. Uh, that wouldn't be good. Unless you're I, 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 yes, I, yes, I have a prophetic vision that you're going to wreck, so don't do that. <laughs> I watched then because of the sound of the pompous words that the Antichrist was speaking, which the horn was speaking. And I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. So again, the, the, the Antichrist, and again, uh, representative of the beast here, and the rest of the beast had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. We don't know exactly what's happening there, but very again, a whole separate study. I was watching in night visions. Behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven, came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought near to him. So Jesus now coming to take over the kingdom, and then was given him dominion, kingdom, authority, power, all this, etc. Now, um, again, I'm skipping quickly for time's sake. Now, it goes down to 15. you got plenty of time. Okay, well, I want to make sure I don't, you know, I, I've still got to go through 8. And so okay. I'm watching oh, okay. the clock here. All right. It says, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit within my body, and visions of my head troubled me. And I came... Uh, here's the bottom line. Here's the kingdoms. Jesus comes and takes over. That's the part they missed. So now he goes, I'm just summing it up. That was the quick version. Jesus, the cliff notes that's the version. Cliff notes. Just trust me. Jesus will rule and reign. And you go back and read it later yourself. So he was grieved. Yes. And he said, the visions of his head troubled him. I came near to one of those. That is an angel who stood by and asked him the truth of all this. And so he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. Those great beasts, the angel said, which are four are four Kings, which arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom. That's us. So we're going to win in the end and possess the kingdom forever and for even forever and forever. Uh, then I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast. This one got his attention. The other beasts were bad, but this one, like, there's something so over-the-top strong, mean, and harsh and evil about this one. I need to know what's going on is what he's saying. It was different from all the others. Exceedingly dreadful. With the teeth of iron, and, and he had the angel adds, and nails of bronze, or, or well, the Daniel adds, and nails of bronze, because he said, I wish to know about it. He had teeth of iron, nails of bronze, which devoured and broke in pieces and trampled even the residue with his feet. So he's destroying, again, this beast is destroying everything in his path on the earth, and even what's left over, he's going back and re-crushing. Re and the ten horns, there it is, these ten kingdoms that are ruling the world, that's your code, 
that were on its head and the other horn, that is the small one, the Antichrist, which came up and which before three fell, namely that horn, which had eyes and a mouth, which spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. I was watching and the same horn, the little one, the Antichrist was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. Now, again, this is another reason I strongly believe in the pre-tribulation rapture, because the Antichrist is going to prevail against the, the, the saints. The Bible says the gates of hell cannot prevail. Against he's, the church. Yeah, yeah, but he's going to prevail. He's going to be prevailing here against saints because they're not the church. Okay, the church has been taken away, and these saints are, I mean, the, the, you know, we're the, we're, we've been gone now out of the way, but many people are going to be saved after the rapture of the church, and that's the saints that it's talking about that he'll be able to overcome. And he can only overcome them until it says, verse 22, the ancient of days came, and the judgment was made in favor of the saints and of the Most High, that is Jesus taking over the kingdom, and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. And thus he said, the angel told him, now the fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth. That is the revived Roman Empire, this last day's kingdom, which shall be different from all other worldwide ruling kingdoms. It shall devour the entire earth, trample it, and break it in pieces. Here's the Antichrist rule over the earth. The ten horns, ten kings, who shall arise from this kingdom, and another shall arise after them, that is the Antichrist. He shall be different from the first ones, and he shall subdue three of the kings. He, sh- he shall speak pompous words against the Most High and shall perse- persecute the saints of the Most High and shall intend to change times and laws. He's going to try his best to change God's timetable and God's plan, but he's not going to be able to do it. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for time, times, and half a time. Now, here's another code word for you. In prophecy, time, times, and half a times, that means three and a half years. How do we know? Because, again, a time is a year, times is plural, two years, half a time is half, We know this because in Revelation, John sees the exact same vision of this final kingdom. Daniel's looking forward and describes it as time, times, and half a time. John looks back now from the future and says, oh, yeah, he's going to be ruling for 42 months. Well, that's time, times, and half a time. That's three and a half years. So the two work together. As the Bible says, let everything be established by two witnesses. So the two witnesses establish that that's three and a half years he's talking about. So he's saying for three and a half years, the Antichrist is going to be ruling on the earth, declaring that he's God. Now, he'll be... In power for seven, but it'd be ruling, declaring he's God for three and a half. But here's what happens. The court seated and they shall take dominion away from him to consume and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of kingdoms out of the whole heaven shall be given to the people and saints of the most high. So that's we'll take over. Okay, there is summation. Now, here's the thing I want to jump to in chapter eight. In chapter eight, he has another vision of the same thing. But this time with rams and, 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 and lamb, different, different animals again, rather than a fourth beast. And listen to what it says. It says, therefore, the male goat, this is chapter 8, verse 8. Uh, again, this is, he starts right now in the third kingdom of his vision, moving into the fourth. And I have to do this as a running go. It's the fourth kingdom we're looking at. So when you hear me this mention here, this one he mentions right before it is, is Alexander the Great, who was the third worldwide ruling kingdom. He's the great horn that's broken into four parts. Therefore, the male goat grew. This is Alexander. But when he became strong, the large horn was broken. So Alexander died in his 30s of, of uh, alcoholic uh, alcoholism. And in place of him, that beast, that, that horn rather, four notable horns came up toward the four winds of heaven. We know that when Alexander died, four of his generals took over the world and they broke it up in four regions. Mm. So can we look back now and see that's exactly what happened. And now that gets us to the fourth kingdom again and the little horn, which is our focus today, the Antichrist. And out of one of them came a little horn. Remember that code? Here's the code word. Little horn's always going to be the Antichrist. Although, by the way, let me say there was, in history, Antiochus Epiphanes IV, or Antiochus Epiphanes, or however you want to say his name, he was a foreshadowing of the Antichrist, and there are some things true about him in these prophecies, but not completely. And so it's a dual prophecy thing again because of the fact that used here and then revealed in Revelation. So those of you that are history buffs and you know about Antiochus Epiphanes IV, I'm not ignoring him. I don't have time to jump into it, but he was a foreshadowing, but this is the actual Antichrist. So he says, uh, the little horn grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, toward the uh, a glorious land, which is Israel. So he's taking the world over and using Israel as a home base as well. Really, the Europe as a home base, but Israel is the second home base because he wants to be on the Temple Mount to mock God. And the beast grew, or rather the horn grew to the host of heaven and pulled some of them down. Again, showing Satan is behind it as, as the angels, uh, some of the fallen angels went down with Satan and showing the power behind the Antichrist is the reason he reveals that. But let's go on. Notice what it says about this little horn. He even exalted himself as high as the prince of princes. That is, he's going to say he's as high as and great, and great as Jesus. But again, um, he's going to be cast to the ground 
um, and, and, and conquered and all this. But then he goes on. This is what I want to get to because I'm watching the clock. It, it describes him. If you jump down to in chapter 8 of verse 23, it says, In the latter time of this, all these kingdoms, these ten kingdoms, when their transgressions have reached their fullness, that's it's time to judge them, uh, a king shall arise, again, these last three and a half years, having fierce features, here's the Antichrist, who understands sinister schemes. His power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. It tells us again in Revelation that Satan gives him his power. He shall destroy fearfully and prosper and thrive and shall destroy the mighty people and the holy people. Through his cunning, he shall he cause deceit to prosper under his rule. And he shall exalt himself in his heart. And he shall destroy many in their prosperity. He shall even rise against the prince of princes, that is Jesus, and it should be broken without human means. And so there's kind of the summation. Now, why do I want to bring that up? My, I said all that to get to this. The Antichrist is going to be operating in sinister schemes. And, and, and listen, I believe what we're watching today right now are sinister schemes. Whether or not the world leaders know that it's sinister, whether or not the world leaders know that it's a scheme, I think some know that it is, maybe some don't. But the world is working together by the spirit of Antichrist, I believe. It's much larger than politics worldwide. By the spirit of Antichrist to get the whole world ready for this little horn to come on the scene and take the world over and to rule. And he's going to be tricking the masses. And he's going to have very evil things that are that seem right. And they're going to be so wise in what they do. Now that brings you back to what I said at the very start of this um, diatribe or whatever you want to call it when we started the show. And that is what's happening with these shots. Now. I'm not going to get in today about whether it's right or wrong, you should or shouldn't. It's, let's just focus on what is the result and the fruit of all these mandates in our nation alone and now happening around the world. Um, remember, the goal of Satan is to remove all opposition out of the way so the agenda of the Antichrist can move forward. Who's in his way? Christians and what we call today conservatives and or if you want to skip the word conservative and avoid politics, those who are raised with morals, they recognize right and wrong based on the Bible and based on just common sense. Okay, now with that said, what is the result of this shot doing? Who are those that are rejecting the shot? Let me say that first. The majority of those who are saying, I just don't feel comfortable taking this shot are Christians and conservatives. Now, a lot of Christians have taken the shot. A lot of conservatives have taken the shot. I'm not saying they haven't. I'm saying the largest bulk of everyone that's not taking the shot are either Christians or conservatives. It's being heavily pushed by by the other group, the liberal agenda, or the, or the majority of the world, if you will, Okay, that, that are on the other side of that. Now, what's interesting about that is, especially now the president, looking at Fox News right now on my computer, he's just announced a part of this this bill they're trying to push through today We'll have up to $700,000 worth of fines if you don't make your employees get a shot. And so if you don't take it, it's going to force you basically to go under financially and your business to close or all these big penalties. So everyone's being backed into a corner. So, who is, again, who, it is, who is it that's not going to take it? The majority Christians, conservatives. They're saying right now that mass numbers, tens of thousands of police and fireworkers just in New York, not to talk about probably millions of people around America alone are losing their jobs if these mandates go through. And because these, and again, I have an article here, Greg, that I'm going to add to our list. I'll give it to Jim to put on our list for our listeners later today. Uh, thousands of intelligence, uh, this is from the AP, thousands of intelligence officers could soon face dismissal for not complying with the mandate. What it's saying is our FBI, our CIA, we already know the military, they're going to be withdrawn if they don't do it. So in the highest levels of intelligence in government, in the highest levels of government around the nation, in our police, in our, in our, in our uh, um, uh, firemen, in our, now you're going to see in just the regular jobs, in the government, you're talking about nuclear scientists, and all these people are going to have to be pulled out. You can't just replace a nuclear scientist overnight. It's going to put the nation in great peril. And at the same time, here's what's going to happen. Whether they know this or not, Greg, this is sinister. And this is why I say, I see the spirit of Antichrist at work here, if not the Antichrist behind the scenes. I know that may be stepping a little beyond. I'm not saying it is. But I find this so sinister and so wise, it describes what he's going to be like out of uh, Daniel chapter 8. Because here's the result of this shot mandate. It's forcing the majority of Christians, or many of them, to back out of all the places of government, other places in, in life, whatever, and those that are conservative. And that means... You're now unimpeded or less impeded for a more world agenda 
to move forward without hindrance. With globalism. Yes, and that's what we're headed towards. So what's what's happening is the result of this, Greg, is the opposition to this world unity coming together to take this shot for the good of the world, which we know is leading to a mindset of taking a mark on the hand of the forehead for the good of the world and being able to, to monitor all these things, to buy or sell, etc., this is removing the opposition. And if you want to move your agenda forward, one of your main goals is what? Remove the opposition. If you want to win a battle, you've got to remove the opposition. The ultimate goal, get rid of them, whatever. And this is going to unilaterally, in the next month or two, yank millions of those in opposition to the world's agenda out of the totally out of the way. They'll have no voice, no ability to stop it. There won't be as much light in the workplace. There won't be as much light of the Christians in the government. It's going to be this whole, I mean, the thing is very, very sinister, but very effective. That's why I see the hand, the spirit of Antichrist, and Greg, maybe even the hand of the Antichrist behind the scenes. Well, I think it really goes beyond the separation of Christian versus non-Christian or conservative, non-conservative, Pastor Mark. I, I think what it does is it, it wreaks such havoc on the nation's economy, and if the world follows suit, um, that is part of, I think, what helps the iron and clay, uh, what, what helps the formation of these Daniel ten nations. Too, yeah. We cannot, they've, they will have created such a mess in and of themselves in each individual nation that they will be so weakened that in order to survive for what they've created, they're now going to have to band together yeah. to an even larger extent, exactly. which is where we see the ten nations, the ten toes, right. ten regions, right. whatever we it want to call it. It all feeds together. It all, it, all, it all feeds together. So there you get, again, the continued formation of the one world government, yeah. the one world economy, yeah. and somewhere along the line, uh, a one world religion in the midst of all. Yeah, that. and let me throw a caveat yeah. in now before the uh, music starts here at the end of the first half. As all of these or a huge portion of Christian and conservatives are backing out of the regular workforce by force. They're going to start having to band together to find jobs and working together. You're going to see more companies that have those people together and more businesses from those people together banding together to make a living to, to whatever, to start their own thing. Now, this doesn't totally answer the problem, but it is an interesting side note. I just add this, as I said, as a caveat, and that is this. If a huge portion of believers are removed from the national workforce because of a refusal to go along with the whole shop mandate, when the rapture takes place, they will be much less missed. In other words, it won't be like half your office is gone one day. Your office will stay normal. The government payroll will stay normal. The same FBI, the same CIA, the same congressman, the same senators, they will still be there because they've gone along with it. But those that have not taken it and have had to pull away into groups apart from that, they're suddenly going to be gone when he takes his church. And, and yes, there's no doubt that we have to, somebody's going to notice everybody gone. But Greg is going to be less noticeable, and it might even be a softer exit through the rapture um, as these mandates kick into gear and remove those majority Christians that are refusing to take the shot. It's just an interesting side note. There's nothing biblical. There's nothing scripture to point to. But either way, um, I, I think we're, this is the beginning of sinister schemes, whether the Antichrist himself is directing it. It is the spirit of Antichrist. It is led by Satan. It is extremely wise and evil to, again, bring down consequences on Christians and others that don't stand with the world's agenda. Um, but also, it is uh, very, very cunning and wise in removing the opposition and getting ready to move this agenda forward. I see a positioning here that I think is rather large, rather demonic, and extremely wise in an evil way. And, and this, is, this is going to be a marker of the Antichrist. He's going to be known as a big mouth, a speaker, bragging, boasting, arrogant, talking against God, talking against... And, and sinister, he's going, to, he's going to be a real charismatic guy. But he's also going to be known as someone who has sinister schemes. He will deceive the world to following him by these sinister schemes. And this right here... Boy, the aroma in the air is a sinister scheme. Yes. All right, Pastor Mark, thank you for that. And folks, uh, make sure to stay with us. We're going to get into articles such as looking at an unprecedented simulation. Imagine in your backyard if you had neighbors wanting to attack you on all sides of your fence. That's what Israel is facing and they're preparing for. We'll talk about that when Signs of the Times continues right after this. 
WIAMLP. 101.1 FM, Knoxville. It's Crazy Money Day. Hey, I'm Chuck Bentley with my Money Live from Crown. A women's fashion label offers an all-cashmere distressed cardigan complete with frayed cuffs and handmade punctures. The holy sweater sells for 1800 bucks. Now that's crazy. People willingly pay ridiculous prices for fashion because the emotion attached to designer items. Some believe you get what you pay for. The higher the price, the better the quality. Others pay more to boost their self-esteem, reward themselves, or to show off their financial means. If you want to save money on clothes, here are a few of my tips. Ignore fashion trends. They don't last. Instead, develop your own style and keep it simple. Steve Jobs wore Levi jeans, a black turtleneck, and New Balance shoes. It was pretty simple. He didn't waste time deciding what he was going to wear each morning. Wear what's modestly comfortable and flattering for you. Listen to compliments you get. If it happens when you wear blue, then stick to wearing blues. Shop your own closet and accessorize what you have to change things up. Tell your friends and family that you appreciate hand-me-downs. Then be sure to pass yours on to other appreciative families. Garage sales, thrift stores, and online websites can offer good deals. Jesus said, Consider the lilies how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So be wise and glorify God in your choice of clothing. By the way, cashmere is available for under a hundred bucks. In my new book, Seven Gray Swans, I describe potentially significant events that could happen. A gray swan's an obvious danger that we tend to ignore. My goal is to show you how to prepare for and survive these economic threats. The ebook is available now at Amazon.com. A moment of grace with Ed Taylor. It's worth it to serve sacrificially. If you're feeling the pressure because you've been sacrificing, that is a good thing. And just know this, know this, your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Don't take advantage of your position. Don't take advantage of the people. When you make a decision, make it to help and to serve. If you have a decision to make it easier for yourself or easier for someone else, make it easier for someone else. Even if it requires, and especially when it requires, great sacrifice on your part. It will not go unrewarded. For more biblical encouragement to help you grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus, visit edtaylor.org. Again, that's edtaylor.org. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor is a presentation of Calvary Aurora. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news. These are the signs of the times for Friday, November 5th, 2021. This is episode 190 that you can subscribe to later as a podcast through Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Stitcher, or just download the WayMedia app and just listen to it right from our app, And which is, by the way, the only place that you can read the articles that we discussed that will link you to the actual website that we've gotten this information from. So you can see that we're not making this stuff up. We really, truly do not have time to do that. There's many other things to do here in ministry. Anyway, we don't need the trouble. We don't need the trouble. Okay, Pastor Mark, uh, this is from algaminer.com. Unprecedented IDF simulation preps for full-scale war scenario along the northern border with Lebanon and Syria. And maybe you can hit a little geographical reset for yeah. some of our newer listeners to really kind of give the picture of really how close Israel's enemies are to her. Oh, it's unreal. Yeah, and on both all sides. But again, you got Syria. If you look at a map, and those of you, if you don't know in your mind what it looks like, go to a map and look. But you'll see on the um, on the east side um, of of Israel, right there on the mountains. I mean, literally, they are right there on top of each other. That's where Syria is, and the homes go right up almost to the border over there. You go to the north side, and literally, the homes do go up to the border. We've been up there to the farthest border, right below right below Lebanon. And you literally can stand in the last neighborhood of Israel and look across the fence into Lebanon right there. I mean, it is literally in their back door. So they're right on top of them. 
And I know we've noticed, um, uh, noted many times tensions on the northern border, southern border, um, Syrian border. And so you can think, well, we've talked about this. No, this is, and the key here at the beginning of this article, unprecedented, is what is the reason this article was interesting to me. Because the articles we have on Israel today, they're doing things they've never done before, which means they're expecting, uh, they're preparing for something they think they've never experienced before. Let me read some of this. Um it says, the Israeli's army's home front command, together with the defense minister's National Emergency Management Authority, NEMA, on Sunday embarked on a five-day training exercise along the country's northern border. That is, again, up there where Lebanon is. To simulate responses to war scenarios and improve the readiness of emergency bodies. The exercise, dubbed National Home Front, will include simulations of the effects of thousands of rockets fired during a potential conflict with Lebanon's Hezbollah terror group. Now, again, they have stockpiled thousands, and every time they attack, they usually shoot hundreds. They're looking at hundreds and thousands this time, just continually shooting into Israel. They're preparing for that. And again, there's nowhere to run. You're right there. The warlike drill will implement the lessons learned from Operation Guardian of the Walls uh, that they did earlier, the hostilities that took place between Israel and Hamas, in May, as well as previous conflicts along the northern border. And note this, what he says here. This is an unprecedented exercise, since said NEMA's director, Yoram Laredo. This is the first time we've conducted an exercise of this magnitude in full cooperation between us and the military. Another exercise will simulate the effects of a massive barrage of rocket fire. And that's the key, massive and the need to evacuate communities along the northern border for the first time. Um, hospitals in northern Israel will practice a state of emergency during which they will have to deal with large numbers of injuries. What they're saying is, look, we can defend ourselves. We're a strong nation, but we're so on top of each other that when this happens, there's going to be casualties this time. We're going to see some um, Israelis in, in hospitals. This is not going to be pretty. We're getting everybody ready, but we're doing everything we can to be prepared because we're, they're right on top of us. And remember, this kind of hostility is going to increase, the Bible says, culminating, of course, in this invasion by Russia and Iran, uh, which we're looking at as well. But it's the unprecedentedness of their preparedness, Greg, which leads us into even the next article. Yeah, uh, not only does Israel have enemies in Syria and in um uh, in Lebanon, but really Iran is the big one, the big driver, right. and the rest of them are just proxy. Yep, uh, this is right. from Israel365news.com, U.S. Marines training with the IDF in preparation for a confrontation with Iran, according to a recent report. Yes, headlined by saying, preparing for extreme scenarios. Now again, note the words they're using here. Unprecedented in the first article, and now extreme scenarios. So they're seeing an uptick that is concerning them more than any other um, conflict they've ever had. One of the unit's missions will be to respond to extreme scenarios, such as taking over a consulate or a ship. And we're talking about, you know, taking another country's consulate, taking another country's ship. You know, these are acts of war, if you will, but these would be acts of self-defense. The training is supposed to provide a solution to a situation in which the Iranians will try to take over an American consulate or ship sailing in the area. So they're working with America on this. This exercise is part of the next chapter in the U.S. Navy uh, and Marine Corps' longstanding relationship with Israel that is so vital to stability and security in the region, said Brigadier General Farrell Sullivan, commanding general of the task force. Participating U.S. forces include approximately 500,000 personnel from the 11th Marine Expeditionary Unit, including one logistics battalion detachment, one infantry rifle company, a light armored Renaissance company, and a HIMARS platoon, H-I-M-A-R-S. I'm not sure what that stands for. I apologize. Maybe it'll, oh, it tells here next. The exercise includes military operations in urban terrain. So it's not just you know, out in the ocean or intercepting missiles. This is urban terrain. It's about hand-to-hand warfare here. Yeah, door-to-door. We've been invaded, is what they're saying. They're yeah. preparing. Infantry live fire training, so inside the country, could be across the borders, but again, it seems to go together. High, here's what HIMARS is. High-mobility artillery rocket system, which is live fire and rapid maneuvering training as well as professional exchanges on various topics, including engineering, medical, and explosive ordnance disposal. Joint training has taken place in the past, but this is the first time such a force has been trained in this manner in Israel. Do you see an uptick here in tension? We saw unprecedented, Greg. Now we see extreme scenario. The first time they've ever trained for this multi-ocean, 
hand-to-hand uh, urban training, artillery. I mean, all these things. This is a whole new thing. What they're saying is we better be ready on a whole new unprecedented level because it's about to happen. And remember, if something like this kicks in, that could be, again, one of the hooks that pulls Russia down and starts this whole Iranian war. So this is just keep your eye on this. Something's going to happen that's going to kick it in. And this may be it. So keep your eye on it and continue to pray for Israel and the peace of Jerusalem because they need our prayer more than ever. Yeah, I just think it's interesting that our military would be involved in any of this, uh, considering the position of this uh, current administration with regard to the nuclear proliferation treaty uh, or whatever the deal was with Iran, wanting to reinstitute what uh, President Trump had shelved. And, uh, and somehow our military is involved, unless our military is involved, just so we can know what they're doing. Well, and, and that's a good point, but let me add to that. We are in training with them. It doesn't mean if it happened, we'd help. No, I know. I know. So again, this know. Is, and, and why would we train with them? They are a friend, and I put that in quotes now, uh, because we're <laughs> not being, yeah, because those of us that love the Lord and love yeah. Israel are friends to them, but a big portion of our country actually really is anti-Israel right yeah. now, a big portion. Very much so. Okay, uh, let's come back to America for a couple of interesting articles. Uh, The first one is from The Blaze. uh, And, of course, this is all over. Uh, uh, Facebook's company name changed to Meta, or Meta. Meta, I'm sure. It's Meta. Meta. As Mark Zuckerberg plans to take over the world. No, to focus (laughs) on developing the Metaverse. Well, I mean, essentially, who knows? He could want to take over the world. Yeah, let me read this, and I'll tell you a little more. I did some homework this week about this. Because I wanted to to be equipped. That's why we didn't cover it last week. Okay. It was announced right before the show last week, you know, and and I was like, no, we're not going to announce it. I think that was Thursday. We're going to wait. But Facebook, a company that encompasses more than just a popular social media platform of the same name, is being renamed Meta. In a movie, or a movie, in a move that CEO Mark Zuckerberg says reflects plans for the organization to work on developing the metaverse. The company's various apps and technologies, some of which also include social media platform, Instagram and Oculus uh, virtual reality headsets, will now fall under the new brand. It was explained in the post. The next platform will be even more immersive an embodied Internet where you're in the experience, not just looking at it. We call this the metaverse. It will touch every product we build. Uh, he said this, Mark Zuckerberg, in his uh, letter, in this future, in this future, you'll be able to teleport instantly as a hologram to be at the office without a commute, at a concert with friends. This would solve any kind of lockdown things, right? Or in your parents' living room to catch up. This will open up more opportunity no matter where you live. You'll be able to spend more time on what matters to you and cut down time in traffic and reduce your carbon footprint. So we're getting to save the planet and do something cool at the same time is what he's saying. That's their viewpoint of it. Now, a little bit about this. The word meta means after this, after these things. We talk about Revelation chapter 4 and the mm. word metatalta. Well, you see the first part, the first three chapters of Revelation talks about the church, the last days, what the, you know, what's going to be happening. Then we see metatalta at the beginning of chapter 4 when John hears the voice that says, come up here. And then the word is after these things or beyond these things or here's what's going to happen next. So we think that's the point of the rapture? That's the point of the rapture, okay. yes. And so he's not thinking of any of that. And I'm not right, trying to tie course. to that. Yeah, I'm yeah, simply yeah. saying th- that's what the word means. It means beyond these things. After these things, what Mark Zuckerberg is saying is we've got a new horizon to go to. We're leaving the past behind. We're pressing on to something new. And we're moving into this hologram world where you'll be given what they're calling an avatar. It's basically like an emoji or whatever. That's a hologram thing. And and here's the way it works. Um, it's, it's, it's really pretty cool, but it's also creepy. And it's also something that could really so occupy people's time. You see, I could keep people away from God because <laughs> exactly. they pull away. Yeah. But the metaverse, the way you enter it, you have these glasses. And the glasses basically let you see the holograms. They're just, they look like normal glasses. Right now, it's, it's uh, Ray-Bans that are making their product for them. So you buy a nice pair of Ray-Bans. Greg, they look no different than the glasses you're wearing. But there's a tiny little camera up here on the right. And so if you're walking and talking to somebody, you can take a picture. You can just kind of make it take a picture and send it to them right there from your glasses. That's kind of the Google glasses idea. Mm-hmm. But these guys have really done it. And, um, and, and, and somebody can, from their, their glasses, they can send you um, a hologram of themselves. With their computer, I don't know if you can do it just with the glasses. It might be kind of like um, your iPhone and your Apple Watch. They're getting more to where they can work individually, but at first you needed... The Apple Watch couldn't just answer the phone without your phone, but now I think it can. So, yeah, it can. Yeah. yeah. So it's the same kind of thing. I don't know what the technology is yet, whether you have to be at your computer. But you basically, kind of a FaceTime thing, but you're doing it by glasses and a hologram. And you'll have this avatar, this emoji of you. 
And when you when you connect to them, your hologram is there in the room with them. So you're hearing them. You've got your headphones in, your Apple, your iPods or whatever. You're hearing them. You've got your glasses on. You're seeing their hologram there with you. So it'd be like if I was at home, you could just come sit with me in the living room. I would see you sitting in your chair. You'd be across from me, and there's your image. I can see through you, but it's there, a hologram. And you're talking to me, and I'm talking to you, but we're really doing it through here. And by the glasses, we're seeing each other. So we're still not in the same room, but it appears as though we are. And it's a lot like the Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, Princess Leia, and send us help, that kind of thing. And I saw they did demonstrations of it. I watched it. it. It's truly amazing. And you can make yourself, you know, you have they have a business avatar. If you're at work, you're wearing your suit, you're talking to people. You have one for gaming. You can be like some creature or whatever while you're gaming with other guys. You have one for like a special events or whatever you want to do. Um, people are sitting there kind of floating, doing circles while they're talking to you, you know, and just playing or whatever. So it's a playful thing. And, and it, you're, but you're just at home and the computer's doing whatever you're telling it to by your mind. It's even to the point to where you can, with your finger, uh, begin to write on your leg and, and write out a text. Or they're saying, and he, ma- he made this comment, whether or not it's there yet, he said, or you can actually think the text and it will manuscript it for you and write it out for you. Now that's creepy. Yeah. So here's my point. In some ways, really cool for those people who like the kind of super sci-fi tech stuff or whatever, but really creepy in a lot of what the Bible tells us. And Greg, you know, we've said for years, this whole thing about the Antichrist and the image in Revelation 13 that he gives the ability to speak and breathe. The the false prophet will give the ability, and Satan through him, for this image. Satan, the uh, the Bible says the Antichrist will set up an image of himself on the Temple Mount. Why? That is the place of Jesus' throne. He wants to dethrone Jesus, so he puts his self there as an image, has the world worship him, declares that he's God, and he will not be there all the time. He'll be traveling around the globe, but this image will be there, but it'll be more than just a statue. It will be able to breathe and speak. Now, what could that be? It doesn't have to be a hologram. Let me say that. It doesn't have to be a hologram. They, there may be something else they have in mind. I doubt it's going to be one of those animatron things, you know, at Disney, you know, Hello, yeah. I am President Lincoln or whatever. Or Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And Chuck E. Cheese, who was a great president, by the yes. way. Uh, pepperoni for, <laughs> on every table. And I know I voted for that. But anyway, um, so could it be a hologram? Could it be some image that a hologram is, is cast onto or a background for it? It might be. And, and either way, we don't know. But Greg, literally, he could be anywhere in the world. Yeah. Cast his image on that image and speak to the world from the throne of Christ, if you will, from his throne, saying that he's God, and give the commands, the mandates, you will take the mark, here's how it's going to work, show up to your local whatever, they'll give you the mark, don't worry, the government's all paying for it, and it's free, or whatever they're going to be saying. And and so it's it's really creepy, and, and it's, I'm not saying Mark Zuckerberg is the Antichrist, I don't believe he is. I don't think he would even know this technology would be used that way, but I'm saying we have the technology now for a image to speak from the Temple Mount to the entire world in a full-body 3D hologram form and, and actually give commands to the world from there. What this represents is a conditioning for acceptance. Absolutely. The, to accept this technology is part of everyday life. Yeah. No longer a novelty. Yeah. It's normal. just part of normal. Yeah. So that's what I mean. You know, when, when, we, when, when the world gets to that point, when he shows up, no one's going to think anything of it. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. I just, well, I mean, the whole thing, I just think of, I mean, yeah, you're right, Greg, you're exactly right. And you think about the technology, again, in many ways, it's amazing we can do that kind of thing. But then when you see what the Bible says is going to happen, it's also kind of like little flashes go off everywhere. And so, you know, we're there, guys. Look, yeah. with, with with Elon Musk's new satellite system, the whole world can now communicate easily. The whole world could see what the what's happening with the Antichrist. As he speaks to the world, because you can be in the middle of the desert, and you'll have a great, the faster, fastest internet you've ever had mm-hmm. in the middle of the Mojave Desert. Yeah. So, so because it circles the world, you know, and all these, everybody knows about that whole system you put up there. Yeah. And then you've got this technology with it. I mean, if, if this was a good world, which it will be when Jesus comes, you know, these kind of technologies could be really cool. Now, we won't need them when Jesus comes, because it'll just happen. He can do whatever he wants, and we'll, it'll be greater than anything we could ever come up with. But, so I can see man's attraction to it, but again, Everything is in place. Here's my point. There's nothing hindering the moving forward of the Antichrist today. It's there. The world could see him. I know they've already started. The world is already using Elon Musk's thing. It's already happening in parts of the world. Right. And now at the first of next year, I think it's going to be available to everyone. 
So anybody that wants to be anywhere in the world and be online with the best internet you've ever had, you, you'll be able to start next year at some point. So well, we're there. We're well, there. Well, it's beyond that. Musk, I think, is also developing a cell phone that goes with that network, but that's for another day. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. The Washington Post, Pastor Mark, let's go from meta to metadata. Uh-huh. As the Washington Post is reporting, your driver's license could soon live on your phone. Here's what you should know. Yeah, this is an interesting article. Again, and we all have thought about this, but I also make a couple of comments. That is, smartphones have become convenient. It says, places to store theater tickets, boarding passes, credit cards, even proof of vaccination. Now, after years of debate debate and testing, you may soon be able to carry digital versions of your driver's license on your phone. Now, here's the bottom line. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I'm simply bringing this up to say um, the technology is now in place very clearly to use this for everything. This basically does the same thing the mark will be able to do without the mark, and that is you'll be able to buy, sell, scan any information for vaccines, any information for finances, for data, to prove you who you say you are, to whatever. You've got it with you, and here's what's going to happen. You watch. This is going to make the world happy for a little while because they're going, now we can track everybody and make sure you've had the vaccine. You can use it for everything. But what happens when Mark and Greg want to go and, and grab a donut at Krispy Kreme and they won't let us in without our proof of vaccination, which isn't happening, but I'm just making this up for your scenario. I'm sorry you can't get in. Oh, man, you got your phone. I've got mine. I don't have mine. Ah, you know, I, well, I'll go in and I'll bring some out. We want to both go in or we want to. What if you forget your phone? So what's going to happen is it's going to be an inconvenience if you don't have your phone, which means now it needs to move to the next level. There's got to be a way we can always do this if we forget our crazy phone. What Mm -hmm. is that? I wish they just put it in my body. I wouldn't have to worry about it. Wait a minute. Now, that's a good idea. Why don't they just put it in my body? And that way I can never leave my wallet. I can never leave my phone. I can never lose my keys. I'll just scan the front door. I love this. That's what's going to happen. Yes. And so now everyone will get this mark. It'll be done. Babies, when the Antichrist announced it, probably when they're born, they'll put them right in the baby. I don't know how that'll work then. How the, Who knows? But it's going to solve it. That's where we're headed. And so when you see this kind of technology, people are going to love the convenience. The, the government's going to love the use, the use of it. And again, it's going to be a very logical step and a mind prep for the Mark of the Beast, Revelation 13. All right, let's get to our smorgasbord of yuck. Pestilence, plagues, disasters, and heavy for the corruption. My, my college dorm room. Yes, your college dorm room. Uh, <laughs> no, well, the last part you could left out, but the, okay. the disease and all the germs. And, okay. Uh, anyway, sorry. Maybe somebody had a clean college dorm room, but anyway. Israel Today <laughs> re- reporting that the Pfizer vaccine didn't stop the fourth corona wave, yeah. uh, according to an Israeli doctor. So let's talk about this. Yeah, we're seeing more and more of this. People, we know that uh, Jen Psaki just came down, maybe you saw that with COVID, and she's been double vaccinated. Wow. I don't know if she's had the booster. I hadn't heard that yet. Which is just nothing more than well, another vaccination. Here's what's happening. The people with the vaccine, they're catching this thing. Yeah, they're the catching vaccine it. is not working. It yeah. is ineffective. And listen to what it says, and now we're seeing more evidence coming out of Israel. The green passport is effectively useless for preventing transmission since vaccinated people are now being affected. The article starts. Dr. Rhea Lebowitz is the head of oncology at Shamir Medical Center, previously known as Asaf Harafev Hospital, uh, and is a member of the Faculty of Medicine at the Tel Aviv University. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, or Naftali Bennett, has been very aggressive, it says, in pushing Israel to get fully vaccinated. And again, that changes. Every time you get a vaccine, you're not fully vaccinated when the next vaccine comes out. Seriously, <laughs> they're not saying you need the booster, and after that, you won't be fully vaccinated until you get a fourth one. So this is continuing. This is just continuing to yeah. get... Yeah. No. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's, it's it, he says you know you're they're great. He's aggressive in pushing it, fully vaccinated, and sidelining any experts who express dissenting views. You see a removal again of mm-hmm. those who are in opposition, getting yes. the opposition out of the way that we talked about earlier. In an op-ed for Israel's N12 news portal this week, Dr. Leibowitz stressed that the corona infection waves are not affected by the vaccine and cannot be prevented. And this is a pretty bold statement. The fact has been proven beyond any doubt, again, by the stats, with the advent of a fourth wave here in Israel after most of the population has already been vaccinated, and again, many of them three times. There were several, or or there was therefore, and I quote, no reason to assume that giving a booster shot would alter the parameters and prevent any future wave of infections. In other words, it's crazy to give a booster. The ones we already gave aren't working. And the booster's the same thing at this point. Yeah. And I quote, vaccinated people can and are being infected. 
So having a green passport won't affect the dynamics of the infection wave any. It creates a false sense of security while being ineffective as a measurement of a person's ability to infect others, she explained. But it does frustrate the public by creating segregation and social divisions. And by the way, this is a Jewish doctor, which means she probably does not know Christ. There's a very small number of Jews who believe in the Messiah. So you've got more than likely an unbelieving doctor in Israel saying, guys, wait a minute. We're getting the numbers in. We've all had three vaccinations. We're getting ready for a fourth one. We're still all catching COVID. This is not working. Now we're seeing in America, and we're a few months behind Israel, people that are getting the shots, even now Jen Psaki, the White House you know, spokesman, she now has it in his home. She's been fully vaccinated. It's not working. And again, the argument is yes, but it makes the consequences less. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't know about that on the science numbers. That may be so, but I'm saying this. We do know there are now showing up great consequences and side effects like with any shot. There's a possibility of side effects with any vaccination, any shot. We're now seeing great consequences from this shot. The question is, does the benefit of getting the shots, and I put an S on that, outweigh the consequences of what's happening with the strokes, blood clots, uh, infertility, and other things that we're now seeing arise from those that are getting vaccinated? So this is, a again, this is just beginning to heat up, and I think that the more evidence comes in, I, Greg, I really believe the more evidence that comes in, the less attractive the shot's going to be, and only time will tell. But time is telling right now, this isn't looking good for this um, push for the worldwide shot. Speaking of good... Let's have some good news. Yes, I like good news. <laughs> I do too. This is from Israel Today. Uh, the title of this article says, Christ made me love everyone, especially Muslims. I love this. Yeah. I love this. Once a front man for Ayatollah Khomeini in Baghdad, Muhammad al-Musawi is today bringing Muslims to faith in Jesus. An unusual figure from one of the most prominent Shiite Muslim families in Iraq, Al-Musawi was an official representative of Iran's supreme leader, Ayatollah Khomeini, in Baghdad, and was involved in issuing fatwas against the Ayatollah's enemies, a fatwa, a command, an edict against the enemies of Islam. Death sentence. Yes. He converted to Christianity after Jesus appeared to him. Boy, how many times have we heard this? Yes. And was subsequently sentenced to death for the crime of apostasy. Again, this is New Testament stuff here. These stories continue to come out of the Middle, of the East, Middle East, yes, and especially it's among amazing. the Muslim community. Yeah. Jesus is literally going in a vision to these people and leading them to Himself and opening their eyes because they can't hear the gospel. So when you think, what well, you know, what about those who can't be reached with the gospel? Jesus will go to them. He will always say, "How's the world going to be reached?" He said, "By nature and showing Himself in nature." Romans chapter Romans, one. Yeah. But in many instances, the Lord knows how to find His flock, and He's going right to their homes. And here I am, and they're getting saved right out of Islam and this whole amazing. I mean, out of families. Of yeah. that are leader. This is so exciting. And of course, what happens? Death sins. Now we're putting you to death for that. Not unlike the apostles and yeah. those that gave their life to Christ in, in, in Acts. It says, it was uh, my own wife who reported me wow. to the pro-ran Shiite militia. Remember, Jesus said, father will turn against, you know, I son, just thought son about against that. mother, yes. husband against wife. Wow. Okay, listen to this. It was my own wife who reported me to the pro-Iranian Shiite militias after I told her that Jesus appeared to me, and I intended to, be, to become a Christian. It's that reminds me of Paul saying, I have to tell you the vision. I can't deny the vision from heaven. They listened until he said that he went to the Gentiles, and the Jews went nuts or whatever. Nuts, yeah. But there's something that you, you, you can go with Jesus so far in the Muslim community, but when you say Muhammad's not a prophet, I'm turning to Jesus, that's when they want to kill you. That's when they throw yeah. dust in the air, right? Yeah. He says, I was immediately targeted, but a friend who, despite being Muslim, informed me of the date and location of my assassination. So he knew about it, but he was a Muslim. But he didn't want his friend to die. And I managed to flee to Turkey. It reminds me of, of Paul being lured down in the basket yes, there out of Damascus, yes. right? And after being outed a second time, the same friend saved my life for a second time, and I escaped from Turkey to Germany. This friend... I wouldn't be surprised if this friend doesn't come to Christ. And I would encourage you guys listening out there to pray for this friend. But here's the bottom line. Listen, wow. the Lord knows his flock. He knows those that he's called. If he has to go in a vision to get them, he will go and get them. How about you today? As you're listening to today's broadcast, is God speaking to you through our voices? Is God speaking to you by the Holy Spirit saying, you know what? It's not a vision, but it is letting you know that the Bible says that no one can go to heaven except through Jesus Christ and his blood on the cross. You have to confess your sin. 
believe he died for you, ask him to forgive you and receive him as your Lord. And the Bible says you too will be saved, even as this Muslim was there in the middle of, of, of the Middle East. So yeah. Jesus loves you and just wanted you to know that. Make that decision today. You know, for all of the things we talked about on this show today, that story reminds us that God is sovereign over all. Yes, absolutely. Guys, have a great weekend. Make sure you're in church and make sure you come back next Friday at 1.30 for more Signs of the Times right here on WIAM. Have a great weekend. skin comfortable with who you are a lot of us aren't and it makes us act contrary to our true self often because we're afraid of what others think about us but how often do you really stop and think who am i god made you a unique creation no one else has your blend of personality talents abilities and even quirks he designed you to be yourself don't live for others approval it's your skin live in it wiam 101.1 fm the way is becoming something we're all becoming what we behold